everybody. Welcome to Improv FAQ at Length. This is a series of longer conversations about improv topics that have lots of questions surrounding them. I'm James Quesada. And I'm Bob Wick. And we have a very special guest with us, a really great friend of ours. She is an amazing performer, teacher, coach, and Detroit improv alum. She's one of the goddamn best. Uh, she's Jamie yeah. Moyer. Yay! Yay! Thank you for that lovely intro, James. Yeah, th and thank you so yeah. much for joining us, Jamie. We're very, very excited to talk with you. And um, so the topic of this conversation is going to be about stage presence and... <laughs> Um, it actually, the, the topic was inspired by, we were collecting questions from uh, a group of people that we've, uh, wanted to reach out to about good questions and good topics for improv. One of the questions that we got was about, uh, crowd control for hecklers, um, how to work an audience, how to time laughs, uh, work like disruptive audience into bits and, um, how to, cue in on what the audience is laughing at and and the, my first response to it to, to be honest was to be a little dismissive of it and be like oh it's not stand-up um and uh maybe this question is coming from just a place of of not getting that quite yet but then that after a little more thought seemed really unfair for a couple reasons one being that I, there has been a degree in my experience where I've learned to kind of uh, play off of an audience and with an audience. And also, you know, being at Diff and uh, being around, like, just picking brains of, of some of, like, the headliners, like yourself, Jamie, uh, with troops like the 313, there is some conversation that's gone on that I've overheard of, of like... Uh, trying to make sure that you're on top of your game and not losing an audience and winning an audience back and delivering on the uh, on the show slot. So uh, I thought you would be a really great person to talk to about that kind of uh, performance and to what degree you, you have control over that, like stage presence and crowd work. Well, I've got some thoughts. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I've got some thoughts, certainly. Uh, yeah. Well, let's, let's start here with the initial getting of the suggestion. Oftentimes when I'm, with, when I'm teaching my students, I, I remind them that that is a great time to kind of show your personality. And it's also a great place to maybe burn a couple suggestions you're sick of. Because one thing I don't like to watch is an improviser attack an audience member for their suggestion. So let's just start there. That, that'll be the first thing I address. And you guys, I'm sure, have seen this where someone says, like, can we have a location? And someone yells out, inevitably, bathroom, right, is usually right. one of the big ones. And, uh, and then you've maybe seen an improviser go, oh, very creative, right, or something like that. Yeah, I, yeah, hate, yeah. I hate that because you don't want the audience member driving home going like, why did I say bathroom? I'm just an <laughs> idiot. You know, it, it's just not, <laughs> not, not my favorite. So first and foremost, let's talk top of the show. I think that it's great to come out, have great energy, not be dismissive, be yourself. And if there are suggestions that you want to burn, burn them. As in, can I have a suggestion of a, of a location, like a Starbucks or a bathroom, but not those? I do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I also tell my students to, and I, I, I incorporate this as well, 
don't just ask for a suggestion of anything because that also opens you up for the gross suggestions and blah, 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 right? So um, if you (laughs) give them kind of a box, that usually helps. Can I have a suggestion of a location, an emotion, uh, something you find at a hospital, a kitchen, whatever, right? Yeah. Um, Conversely, if you're on a team and you're on stage on a back line, you're also going to want to remember to have some stage presence there as well. You don't want to be on the back line if a scene's going maybe a little rough and your face is like this. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're on stage picture, yes. I remember <laughs> a, a student once editing a scene and had the cockiest little run like... <laughs> let me get us out of this kind of run around. <laughs> and at, at, at the note session, I was like, don't ever do that again. Who the hell do you think you are? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you got to kind of just, if the, if the show is burning, crashing and burning, and you see me on the back line, I'm like this. <laughs> yeah, right? totally. You're like, yeah. In my head, I'm like, this is not going well, but in my face is neutral, neutral to delight it. Yeah. So, so uh, what I'm hearing from that is that one of the first things that uh, is, is a good thing just in general stage presence for an improviser to learn is that um, you want to avoid being douchey (laughs) and, 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 uh, (laughs) And that, like, you really, you really have an opportunity to present because because we're not like going off stage for a lot of it and and dressing up and being in character for all of it. You want to make sure that you're you're staying as like a uh, available positive yes, presence on yes, stage, yes, yes. A- accessible. Yeah, it, yeah, it's in the phrasing, James and Bob. Stage <laughs> presence. You're yeah. on stage. No. As and, a and presence. This- and this conversation actually reminds me of over. <laughs> uh, this reminds me of something you told me when I was coming up because you were both my first and third teacher. Uh, uh, when you're hosting, hosting it as if you're hosting a party and you're greeting people, don't you know? Don't be douchey. Like yes, that, that's, that's stuck, lovely. You know? Yeah, yeah, you, you said it. You don't have to do a tight <laughs> five. You don't have to come out there and do a tight five, but. You can come out, you know, when I, you, if you guys have ever seen me when I come out, I'm like, hello, yeah. hi, welcome. We're happy you're here. We're going to do a show. We're going to make everything up on the spot. Nothing has been planned for those people in the audience who maybe don't understand yeah. what the hell's going on. Right. And, and I always avoid, if we're doing a podcast about this, I can, I can vent some of these tiny frustrations. I usually avoid saying, it's going to be funny or I promise you'll laugh or you'll like it. I, I usually yeah, yeah. don't say anything like that. I mean, I've seen that said and that's fine if you say that, but I just go like, we're going to make up, uh, you know, create something based on an audience suggestion. And then when I get the suggestion, even if I don't want it, I still take it because if you start to, cherry pick suggestions that doesn't work either right and people some people do that i mean i think if you're going to do that i have seen some very um established teams do that and i get it they've been doing this long enough but then you just let them know 
guys throw out a few different suggestions. Let's hear them. What do you think? What are some places? And then, then someone says, you know, a museum. Oh, that's cool. A museum. What else? Uh, what's something else? A park. Okay, great. What's, what's another location that, that inspires you? Uh, a, a picnic table. Okay, I'm, I'll take picnic tables. So you're, you're rolling over museum and you're rolling over park, but you're not insulting them by going, Museum, no, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> not this time. We got it recently. <laughs> we did that last week. Original. You should have been here. <laughs> yeah, dope. So, so that's that's my first part that I I want to mention is is it, okay. it's it's fun to show a little personality for the person who gets a suggestion, and then yeah. then good reminder is you are on stage the entire time, especially if you're at a theater where there are no wings. So just try to stay engaged and and if there is something going on that's a little awkward you don't have to let the audience read on your face that you are uncomfortable because your teammates may pull right through that and make it the best scene you've ever seen you really don't know so let's right. not judge it from the from the back line for goodness sakes okay yeah yeah because you're you're part of the stage picture, so uh, the, the audience might just mirror your, you know, they, they might be enjoying it until you take a shit on it with your face, you know? Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> and also, I try not to, I, I, I'd be back there laughing, too. Like, I, I don't know, yeah. that's, a, that's probably what I have to work on is maybe not be not <laughs> dying laughing so much. As yeah, <laughs> yeah, right? I, yeah, I'm with you. I'm an easy break, even in character. Uh, on the, uh, and then sometimes I'm laughing out loud on the back line. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I guess that, that's something to consider as well. But the worst choice is this. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. The cringing, the yeah, yeah. So, so, and and that's like taking away, or like you're adding negative energy, and um, so that, that like I feel like that's kind of one end of it. Uh, what be and what about adding positive energy? Mm. Yeah, I know, I know. You said like obviously, I used to get kind of hung up on you know the the difference between being comfortable and having energy because sometimes I would I would go out of my way to be like relaxed and comfortable and let that kind of suck the energy out of me and that until I realized that like oh you still have to be comfortable and have good energy right. um right. and uh so how, like how how much of that obviously you can do it when you're interacting with the audience at the top or you're hosting or if it's short form and you're engaging with new suggestions but as as a performer like, are there other ways that you can kind of like turn things on or like if, if you feel like the audience is not engaged, like how much control do you have over like boosting anything and how much is it fair to even worry about that or think about it in the first place? Great, great question. I would say, A, I have done shows where I don't have a lot of energy, but I, I play a lot of extremely laid back characters who have lots of detail so that if I can't, if I just can't muster up a run around the stage, physical, you know, jump through hoops kind of set, then my characters might be a little more laid back than you would normally see me, but they'll still have the energy of a person that is not me and that a character that I'm creating. Um, so I think that, that it's okay if you're in a calmer place. I mean, that, that always works. Conversely, if you're in a calmer place, you could mirror one of your teammates who's in a very high energy place and kind of, use their energy to fuel your energy 
And uh, so I think that it's kind of a choose your own adventure. I, I don't necessarily think that I'm super cognizant of my energy level in and out of a show beyond this one point, editing. I think that if a show is lagging, you've got to throw a couple quick scenes in there. If you're doing a montage, if you're doing a, 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 a deconstruction, any, any, any kind of set, even in a two-person show and the two-person teams I've coached and the two-person teams I'm on, I love to throw a 10 second scene in there because, Oh yeah. Yeah. It's the best. And, and I I teach my students that if you throw a quick scene in the middle, you keep the audience on their toes. Otherwise every scene that starts, they go, okay, here's another four minute scene. This one is about an alien, I guess. Oh, now they're doing a four minute scene about a married couple. (laughs) You got to throw that quick one in there to kind of pop the energy and, and then maybe, I also say, maybe you circle back to that quick one later and that's an automatic hint for a callback. So yeah. it's kind of a win-win. Now, in a mono show or a mono scene, my two-person troupe that I perform the most with is me and Mary Beth Monroe. We, we are Moyer and Monroe. We will do a, a lot of other characters popping by. So that's another example of a great place if you're feeling things are lagging you could edit and never see those characters again or if you're liking the scene but it's lagging someone can show up you know yeah knock knock at the door (laughs) yeah um so and i've I've had an experience of like um we were doing a show we're doing a show at pointless uh one one time and like Gary, I, all I remember is, is that Gary and I well, were in the set. I can't remember who else was playing, but like it, the, the night just felt kind of off, and it wasn't really necessarily the quality of the scenes or anything. There was just something in the air that like the energy just felt like kind of uh, stale. And um, I, after the show, somebody pointed out that they were like they were like Gary and James turned out that turned on that go comedy energy, um, and I just thought it was such an interesting comment because like. Me and me and Gary kind of like amped up uh, a degree of energy. I don't know how helpful. I can't remember how helpful it was to the show if it was <laughs> if it was disruptive or what. But it, just, it, just, it was it was an interesting thing to me because like yeah. one at a place like Go Comedy that that's uh, a room that has like the AC on and it's a cabaret seating, so it's not it's it's a smaller room, yeah. but it's not su- as intimate as if uh, the seats were packed all together. But you do get kind of conditioned to like projecting and like being bigger. And uh, pointless is a little on the smaller, more intimate side, and so I, I, it was just a weird kind of thing for me to consider. Is like, is that a bad reflex for me to like amp things up? Um, should I be kind of doing the opposite and like zeroing in to match energy with with uh, the rest and make sure that we're in sync and trust the the process and stuff? Like, that's a great. I mean. We all struggle with this because we play at many different kinds of places and we play with many different people, people we don't know. So I play big characters, lots of emotion, lots of heart. You know, if you match my energy with a very cerebral player who doesn't uh, get down like that, how does it work, right? I still stand by the 
the tenant that I just do what I do and it works. And and I think that my energy matched with a more uh, calm, cerebral player still will work as long as it's not, it doesn't have to be budding. It, they right. can complement each other, but, but, but all players have to be on board with that, you know? So if I enter a scene, let's say you and Bob are doing a scene and you guys are like very quiet and cerebral and, you know, and I come in and I'm like, Here's your copies, you two little rascals. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's all honestly in how you react to that than, right. than, than it is that initiation itself. Yeah. Isn't that true of all of our scenes? It, it's all in how the people you're playing with handle their own style as well as yours. Can you harness both? And I, I think the best players I've seen, they, they don't really care. Like I have played with some very seasoned people who don't do a ton of big characters and, and, uh, and they are fabulous to play with, but I don't try to play like they're playing because I don't play like that. And so I can't improvise. Yeah. I can't, I can't do it because it's just not in me to do it. I guess. Yeah, I, that that's a really great point because the, the I feel like I've had I've had experiences where like I I know my style and I, I've kind of gotten like self conscious at times and and tried to like hold back or match things and I, I feel like uh, I don't know sometimes there's like styles that don't mesh and it throws each other off and. Um, you might think that the solution is like, oh, well, you got to get on the same page about what style you're doing or somebody's got to yield. But really, the, 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 there is a solution of you can both play yes. your own style. Just don't <laughs> let yeah. the other person's throw you throw off. You they're, they're, they're just do it yes. together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Because, But the third option is one of my favorites, which is mirroring. So yes. maybe I right. don't play like you play, but I sure as hell know how to play the character you're playing. So right. if, if I need to come into that scene and go like, I, uh, I spoke to Bob and uh, in, in marketing and he said that we are on the right trajectory for a virtual takeover in the next six months. I can, if you guys are doing like calm work jargon, I can come in on some calm work jargon. So I guess mirroring is the is the other secret. But yep, basically, yep. in summation, do what you do. It doesn't have to throw someone off. Yes. Yeah. Is it, you know, you do what you do. If I'm in a scene with someone and someone comes in and they go, I'm a eight nippled cow lady walking around. <laughs> I better be able to deal with that. I better be like, you must never run out of cereal at your house because you are saving some money. You know, like you just yeah. have to be able to like yeah. jump on the crazy thing someone says and roll with it. And I shame on me for using the word crazy. I don't like to use the word crazy in improvisation um, and, and in life. And I have, have you guys ever seen Dave Chappelle's uh, Inside the Actor's Studio with James Clifton? I have no, not, no. no. Okay. In that, Dave Chappelle said that when he walked away from the Chappelle show and he went on that trip to Africa, he said everybody went ballistic and the media kept calling him crazy, crazy, crazy. And I'm, I'm sure I'm paraphrasing here, but basically what struck me is he said, 
call me anything, but don't call me crazy. It's very dismissive. And I thought, oh my gosh, it really is. So if, if you're wow. if you're talking about someone, you're like, what do you think about Cheryl? Oh, she, blah, blah. she's crazy. It's almost like the end of the conversation. She's crazy. And in improv, that's times 10. So if I enter a scene and I say, I'm a eight-nippled cow lady, and someone goes, oh, this is my Aunt Pat. She's She has to take her medication. Pills. Yeah. She's crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I hate that because... What I've said makes them uncomfortable. And frankly, I wish I would stop mm. saying it on this podcast. It's it's a very <laughs> weird thing to say, certainly. But if... <laughs> no, I, I, I think it's such a no, great point, no, no. Is, is that because, it, because it limits you from taking a realistic investment in, in something. And and it, and it, like what you ought to be doing is leaning into the empathy and assuming that there is a, a real three-dimensional person in the character and behind the move that like yeah, assume right, the best right. intentions in the play. You're totally negating the move when you, you you have to take your crazy pills, you know. Yeah, how boring of a scene is that? Yes. Watching someone who is not mentally stable being forced into taking pills on stage. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather right. deal with the cow lady. Yeah. That's just yeah, me. Yeah. And, uh, and it, it it, what is a hard thing for people to, a difficult thing for people to understand, but they get there is you might have a better scene and you might even come out looking like a true baller if you make that scene work. Yeah. It's, totally. it's really a very exciting challenge to play with different people, different levels, different styles. As long as you don't freak out, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Bob, so Bob and I have also talked about this uh, in between episodes, this um, topic. And one of the things that Bob and I have talked about is that we've both done a fair amount of bar prob, bar prov. Um, Bob, like, what are you, what are your thoughts on like your experience on this topic when it comes to like either rowdy houses or like doing shows in unconventional oh. places, like? Yeah, like uh, like uh, at the Rusty Nail. Uh, <laughs> Where's that? Uh, oh God, I forgot. Like we went right after Second City and before Go opened up, we used to do a short form show on Sunday nights at this place called the Rusty Nail. It was like this dive. Uh, it had a stage, but we had to put it together by sliding these blocks on the floor, <laughs> and it was all kind of wonderful. And actually, it, went, it was going pretty well until, like, football season start, and then, like, the uh, regulars were like, yep. would you shut the foot? I don't care how you like your men. It's not funny anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, so yeah. What, do, what do you learn from, like, how, how do you – that, that's a little bit more like stand-up to me where I've heard stand-ups talk about like how, right. how you are kind of like, it's you versus the audience and can you win the audience? Like what, what, what have you learned from doing shows like that? Uh, you learn uh, not to engage with a drunk <laughs> too much. Yeah. Like sometimes, you know, uh, because it, it only feeds that beast. So there's, there's points where you ignore them. Uh, uh, it's, it's some, yeah. Yeah. You gotta just ignore them. Um, hopefully, if you're at a, a decent place like like Pointless or the Ant or Go, there's someone there. They'll they'll you know nudge them and tell them to shut the fuck up. Um, yeah. uh, and, and then there's there's moments where people, you know, if you engage with them just a little bit, if you just give them a little like attention, they'll they'll calm down. But you you really gotta 
you really got to read them well. You know, yeah. you really got to make sure you're picking Very the right delicate. one. Yeah. And, you know, or one time I remember uh, Pete and I were doing a set at Go and there was these four ladies there. They came on a Sunday night and they were drinking. They're having a good time. I think it was like a Sunday before like a Memorial Day. So they had Monday off. And I don't know why they chose Go to drink because they weren't there for the show. They were just there to hang out. And, you know, I, I respect <laughs> that. But I would also like to do the show that me and Pete wanted to do. Uh, so <laughs> we, I, think that's, I think that's fair, Bob. Don't feel bad about that. <laughs> we, so we stopped and we just listened to them for a couple of seconds and they were dropping names and everything. And we just used all the stuff they were using as information. So we started using that. You know, like, I think I call them like Carol or something. And then they started like engaging, like her name's Carol, Carol, you know, like, and we just started doing all this stuff, you know? Uh, so we were having fun with it. And then, you know, the rest of the audience was in on it as well. They were in, like, it was just a fun way to to use what was going on in the room without really engaging them. Because I think if I would have walked over the table or try to get, you know, you know, break the fourth wall or something, it, it would have been a catastrophe. Yeah. I don't think that I've ever really seen that super work breaking like really getting them more and more involved but i think what you (laughs) what you just described was perfect i i feel like in my life i have done something similar where it's like you know you kind of have to acknowledge it a little bit but you you have to be so careful about engaging yeah i i've also seen engagement that is not pretty Yes. And all yes. you have to do is see that once or twice to understand that the people that are really getting hurt are all the other people who are there to laugh and have a good time. Yeah. And and so watching someone on stage cuss out um, a audience member is really uncomfortable for so, so many, even though often that audience member deserves it. They're being very rude. They think they're fucking hilarious people. Yeah. I think stand-ups do it better than we can because we're trying to create worlds. And when, if I'm doing a scene where I'm like, here we are in our kayak in the middle of the lake and there's not a soul for miles and someone's like, you better have your life kick it on. You know, you got to, you can kind of, you can kind of go like, you can hear my mom all the way from the the dock. And then that makes everyone laugh. And then you just hope that's it. It's almost like ignoring it isn't always the best, but I kind of think it's like lightly, lightly acknowledge and try to move on as quickly as possible. Basically. Uh, the move I've seen done a lot was, oh, let me close the window. I can hear my name. <laughs> yeah. 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 This is my thought for my just myself is is that like I I think that I'm like I got to tighten up the fourth wall when it's happening. Uh, I imagine oh, yeah. that that uh, people who are better at just like social engagement uh, and like chit chat and shooting the shit with people, which I am not that type of person. I imagine those types of like very social people are better at 
uh, riffing or incorporating or doing the things that you were talking about, Bob. Uh, I am not. I'm. Not, I don't find it. I don't find it easy right. to just like kind of enter new conversations or like chat up random strangers at the bar or a sporting event or whatever. So it's like I, I'm like I'm going to tighten this fourth wall up. Um, you're 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 a good conversationalist. When we yeah. have parameters, if somebody just entered the room right now, I'd be like, "You take over. Oh, <laughs> My structure man. is gone." So that that's 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 what works for me. And yeah. I really appreciate what you said, Jamie, which which is that like not to attack an audience member because yes. sometimes um, I, I think it's a great point that like if you're going to acknowledge it, the the goal is to hopefully acknowledge and diffuse and move on. And because if if it just keeps happening, then that's a, a tough thing to to continue dealing with. Yeah. Um, and like acknowledge, don't engage. Yeah, that's yeah, a good way to yes. look at it. And then and also, done, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, oh, I was just gonna say I've done some really awful gigs where it's hard, and I mean corporate gigs where you're making money but but nobody wants you there at all it's a hard pill to swallow sometimes because people are eating their you know their ballroom dinner and you're trying to do a scene and it hurts your heart but you are contracted <laughs> to do so i think bar prop yeah. is a little bit different but even at bar prop i would <laughs> yeah. ignore like i would just i always yeah. i luckily i'm very loud not always luckily for me but oftentimes so in a in a situation like that i can drown out almost anybody <laughs> fair enough i and i feel like so uh and i want to talk about let me let me let's talk about the uh the the corporate contract to, to do a show thing uh because i think that's also a unique scenario the the, the last little pin i'll put on the whole bar prov conversation and and acknowledging the audience is that like even if even if like the you can hear my mom from the shore or like the neighbors are getting chatty thing the risk with that is that not everybody is good at delivering that and it takes finessing to be the right amount of like in control of the situation and like politely, but firmly uh, being like, we're doing a show delivery. Um, and I feel like not everybody is as good at, as at that as they would hope to be, or might think that they are. And it can really backfire. Yeah. Um, That's true quickly. too. That is true. Yeah. I would say go it's at it skill. from a playful, it is a skill. Yeah. And, and it it's a, a part of improv is being quick on your feet. And that's where that, comes in yeah it's like it's like you you kind of have to a assess the situation if if yeah. someone is i feel like i have also seen where someone's talking throughout the whole show and an improviser literally said you need to shut the fuck up and then the rest of the audience was like thank you so it's like you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> you right know? right right i, I yeah. almost think it's a case-by-case -case basis totally. yeah you know if, well, if then, there is yeah. no right answer but but the things to think about in that moment are can i playfully get them to quiet down can i playfully right. get the rest of the audience not to be so uncomfortable by this yeah. one problem is this worth addressing? I think is is probably totally. a good, good jumping yeah. off point. Yeah. If they're laughing and they're watching the show, and they've never been to a show before and they don't know the etiquette, I don't mind that. You know, it, yeah. they some yeah. people think they're watching TV. You know, yeah. they, they, and then, yeah. then yeah. you know, you, 
it's I think it's a matter of a case by case. And I think, James, there's some validity to what you're saying, which is if you don't think you're good at handling it, then your best bet is probably ignore it and let someone else. If if it keeps going, let someone who is the more savvy. People, people, person or however the hell. Yeah. Trust that they'll pop in. And then also, frankly, I trust that the bar staff or the house staff. It has or the audience. Ha- the, all yeah. the, all the audience. Yeah. The audience is good. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like you just said in those cases where it's like someone who's not familiar with being in, in a live theater or, you know, the, the heckler that's actually trying to help you because they don't know that you're only asking for one suggestion. So throughout yeah. the whole thing, they think it's like a choose your own adventure. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, don't yeah. forget your paddle. I am your mom. <laughs> uh, you, you forgot your inhaler. Come here, my daughter. Like, yeah, yeah. no, stop. <laughs> so let's let's talk about the, the corporate scenario or like you are contracted to do a performance and m- maybe that's a corporate gig or it's a festival headliner or whatever it may be but you're supposed to deliver and I, th- I feel like one of the elements is you know obviously if, if you're getting paid for it that's one thing and you're also you're not only trying to match the expectations of the audience but you also have whoever hired you wanting you to deliver so there's like a- another pressure point and like how does that change things for you, Jamie? Or like, is there different advice that you would give on like uh, winning over an audience or making sure that you're like delivering to a, a kind of base value for whatever client hired you? Absolutely. I would say first and foremost, to be a truly skilled improviser, you have to be able to do a kid show at 9 a.m. and a bar set at midnight. It is two sets because two sets of skills almost are two, two paths. And, and the, the, the corporate stuff where you have to be clean, right? You have to be able to still deliver funny. And if you can't, then maybe you are not there yet as an improviser. If you can't do a clean show that still slays, you're only relying then on maybe the dirty and whatever. It's like you have to be able to do both. When it comes to corporate shows, I always think that you should start out very simply with a little bit, like I was just saying, of the if it's an improv show, you start with that engagement with the audience. We're going to be improvising for you. We're going to take your suggestions and we're going to make something from nothing. Anyone here familiar with Whose line is it anyway? Or wild and out? It's going to be kind of like that. We're going to come to you from time to time, and you'll know when those times are upon us. Let's start now. What are uh, throw out a few different relationships, you know? And then maybe they're like uh, brother sister. Oh, great! How about a few more? What's a you know? What's a professional relationship? Doctor patient. Okay, great. Like you're almost like easing them into the knowledge of what it is. Yeah. And then yes. the first scene should just be very simple, very funny. Make sure they understand. If it's a corporate gig where you're doing um, scripted material, you don't have that luxury. If you're doing scripted material you've written for the company, you know, you don't have that luxury. You right, just right. have to you have to just be professional regardless. But if it's improvising, I would say ease in, high energy, lots of fun, lots of details. I think that corporate gigs, short form works great for corporate. 
Yeah. yeah. The, the more inviting, accessible things tend to be, and, and that's kind of again what you're what you're pointing to is is that like you have an opportunity at because you're starting out um, before you get to characters, you're starting out as a, as a, just a human being on stage. You have to treat people the same way yeah, and, and, and ease invite them, them. Into it. Yeah, invite yeah, invite yeah. them to join you because when you are doing improv for people who don't know what it is, you have to gently show them and hope that this is the other thing I wanted to say based on something you said in the very beginning how do you have stage presence how do you win people over I think you you really have to have a great first scene of any set that is not super wackadoo that's kind of grounded if you can that has lots of details lots of yes anding you, you're, it doesn't have to be hilarious. It's good if it's a little funny, but you're easing the audience into your style. And so for 313, our opener is a bunch of fast, quick scenes, right? So mm -hmm. it, it still can work, though. You still kind of, even in those fast, quick scenes, you kind of show a who, what, where. You show a little bit of grounded. Yeah. If you're starting off with a two-person scene, it needs to have a lot of the elements that you want the rest of the show to have. Then... Hit him with the wackadoo halfway through the set. You know, you got to earn it sometimes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You got to earn yeah. their trust. Yeah. You got to earn their trust. Exactly. If you come out in the first scene and it's, you know, a little bit too wild, they don't have a base. You don't have a base to grow from grow from yes then that and that yeah. that's yeah exactly what it is is like uh, growing it and earning it i think are the best ways to to really think about it is that like uh you can't expect right out the gate to get have a license to kill on everything that you're hoping to accomplish throughout the show um especially in uh if if for whatever reason it's a, it feels like a cold house to begin with and maybe you're right. uh not first in the lineup um or if it's those 9 a.m. corporate or uh, family-friendly <laughs> yeah. shows. Uh, well, well, you also gotta... we, oh, sorry, Bob, but I just want to say something really Go quick. Ahead. What you just said is another important thing. If you're in a set where there's three shows in an hour and a half and and the first show has a very weird thing going on or whatever, your second, I think that's a prime time to chat the audience up a little bit. Oh, Actually, yeah. if the first show's a banger, also a good time for you to, to chat them up. Or if the first show's a wild avant-garde romp, either way, no matter what the first show is, when I come out, I don't just go, can I have a suggestion? I definitely get a little yeah. chat going, a little bit of banter back and forth. I don't never comment on the previous show. Don't do that. Oh, no. That's very naughty. <laughs> Too easy to put your foot in your mouth, even if it went well, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. No matter what you say, yeah. yeah. If you come out well, like, that just wow, happened, and now for the funny. Yeah. They get it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a great point. <laughs> Ah. Okay, go ahead, oh. Bob. I'm sorry. I oh, uh, no, I, I like what you said about chat up. Like uh, a, a trick I've I've used a few times is getting there a little early and chatting with the people uh, because you have to consider like this is their work friends. So it, it might at some points, you know, depending on what company you work for or whatnot uh, to like, you know, cut loose in front of like your boss and your your peers. So like getting them comfortable with, you know, like, hey, you could trust me if you laugh at me. We're all cool. Uh, is there a, is there a joke among the in the office I can use, you yeah, know, like any fun. of that kind of stuff? Because they love that. They yeah, love that crap. That's really fun. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Just if you can if you can 
mingle with the people, get out there and mingle. I think that's really a good point for festivals too. Like at festivals, I'd love to chat with people and they get to know, they get a sense of who you are before you're even on stage. Absolutely. So to bring it kind of full circle here, uh, what would be like a takeaway? Because we've kind of covered a full spectrum of approaches or ways to think about this question. And I'm, I'm curious, like, what would your advice be to a student listening who is just getting started? And like, at, what are the main takeaways for somebody in early stages of becoming an improviser? And when does some of this other stuff come into play and add another layer of something to consider? Okay, that's great. I, I think if you're just starting out or you're kind of getting your sea legs, you should definitely, in if the set is like a commando where everyone gets a new suggestion or something, you know, where you pull something from the previous scene, that's a skill that I think you it, is an art form in and, in and unto itself, where it's kind of like, instead of saying that scene was about angry co-workers what's something that makes you angry that does work but after a while if everyone keeps going that was a scene about that was a scene about so one place that you can when you're just starting out that you can kind of get kind of get a little feeling for that 10 seconds of letting the audience know who you are is is that exercise so when the scene ends you you could say uh that that character was so angry. He, he really reminds me a lot of my own angry grandfather. What's a trait from your grandfather or something like that? Yeah. You know, yeah. That's yeah, just yeah. Like a little make some eye statements. Yeah, yeah. Make an eye statement about yourself. Um, and just starting out for sure on the back line, your, your, your face is neutral and you're just listening and open. You're not beating yourself up for a scene you did. You're not congratulating yourself for a scene you did. You're open. You look open. Your body looks open. You're not here waiting till I get up there so I can be funny. These are little things that go a long way. I think that if you are the person who never gets a suggestion, you should volunteer to get the suggestion. And, and that's really the only way you're going to, you're going to start to feel out that part of this is if you, if you practice a little bit on stage and maybe if you practice a little bit in rehearsal, if, if, there's someone on your team who always gets a suggestion, maybe in rehearsal, you go like, guys, I never get the suggestion. Can I try it? Or, you know, um, yeah. Feel I'm that working out. on getting, yeah. I'm, I want to work on myself. Can, is that cool? Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. You don't want it to sound like I never get the suggestion. Cause Paul yeah. always gets it. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, like, oh, uh, Paul. It, it's more, usually I find it's more who wants to get the suggestion and you're the one not speaking up. So why don't you try yeah. it? I also believe that you got to get out there pretty fast in the show or you're going to get in your head. If you're a, if you're a player who's just figuring things out, you don't want to wait until the sixth scene to show your face. And if that sixth scene is a fast one, you could be right again in the seventh. You don't have to wait at another six scenes before you come back out. You've got to push yourself. One thing that is a, a tiny pet peeve of mine is when a large team takes the stage, eight, nine, ten people, and they get the suggestion, and then barely one person comes out, then barely one person comes out, and it's a two-person scene. I think that you can have a grounded three- or four-person scene at the top of the show with a large team, and it's going to oh, be yeah. fine. But I just think make it grounded. Just mirror each other. If you're a tentative player... 
then you are allowed to copy everything everyone else is doing at all times. It's a compliment to copy a character in improvisation. No other art form in the world would recommend it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, you're we, jam, if you're jamming in a in, with a band and, and you're you're stepping on the bass line, <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, if I come out and I'm like, oh, I'd love to have this time with you. This has been so lovely. Then, then. And you go, you're going to get a huge laugh and you're welcome. You got it. Yeah. I, I opened the door for you to get it. You walked through, you heightened what I did. You went bigger. You got the laugh. All that matters is they're laughing. We're both looking good. So copy, 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 copy. It's fine. What do you call it? Mirroring. Or Mirroring. Yeah, yeah. Pot. yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> Um, no, I love this because I've, I've had so many students who are those people who wait for the fifth or sixth scene to jump out there. And when they do jump out, they, they look so confused. Like, I don't have any inspiration. Too they, much yeah. pressure. Just themselves. go mirror. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just mirror. Yeah. Make it till you make it. <laughs> and, and I imagine when it comes to like when it's when it's appropriate in your arc or career and development in improvising and performing that, um, you know, You'll know when it's time for you to worry about it. It it might come along with like your first paid opportunity or to opportunity to, to headline or, or feature in in a show. Um, but uh, I, I think up until that point, um, you're better off uh, taking these opportunities. Just be more and more comfortable and assertive, and um, not not sweating it so much on the rest of the, well, the things. Talk through the running order. If you're doing a corporate gig or any kind of a show that you want to have an opener for, an opener is nice because you have a group game up top. You have an opener like a radio dial or a, a challenge in a minute or something that you have to show up in that. But also if you're yeah. doing a show with, with a team for a, a business, I'm, I'm assuming you're going to have a tech and you're going to go through the games and you can even say, um, what, how do you host this? Like what, if you're, if you're told to host uh, everyday Olympics, you can ask some people, what's, what are you, the tricks you use? How do you toast this? And then hopefully they'll be happy to share with you so that it will help yeah. to, to lead to a better show. Totally. Well, this has been such a great conversation, Jamie. Yes. And before we let you go, uh, two things. One, because it's been such a great uh, conversation, I just want to take a moment to shout out David, who suggested the question, and apologize yeah. for uh, having dismissive thought about it to begin with, because it really opened up an excellent <laughs> conversation that I think is so valuable, and I'm glad that we had it with you, Jamie. Yes, thank you, David. That was a good question. Yeah. And then <laughs> yeah. Um, in this uh, virtual world that we're living in, um, what are some of the things that you're doing that we can uh, scope you out? Uh, online or anything else that you want to plug, Jamie? I, I, I am. I'm doing some teaching at Second City. I've done some teaching for Voodoo out in Denver. It's kind of cool. I've done West Side Comedy in, in uh, Santa Monica. It's kind of great. I will say this. These times are odd, but there are beautiful opportunities opening up because I had a student who told me I've always wanted to have you as a teacher but I live in Texas <laughs> wow. and, so, and so it was kind of cool to meet some people and I think for any of your students or listeners who want to branch out uh, now is the time I'm taking a oh, Spanish yeah. class online I'm teaching for theaters that I wouldn't normally be able to teach for uh, I do have a couple things coming up 
that you can look for a couple appearances on AP Bio, which is now going to be on the Peacock streaming network. Oh, nice. And other than that, I'm just trying to stay safe and we'll see what happens with this thing. I would love for the world to reopen, but I'm not in any rush because I don't think it's time quite yet. I feel you. Absolutely. Absolutely. People having pool parties. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're glad that you're doing well. It was so great to see you and and talk with you. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you. Thank Thank you for your time. I love you guys. Love you. We'll catch you next time on Improv FAQ at length.